the lovely Tania. It is an absolute joy to see you today. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. I think that women have knowledge and are probably more alive than ever before to needing to do something about these issues that they see in, in the world. And I think that if they're given the right tools, they're then in a position to do something about it. Welcome to Future Speak. I'm your host, Sam Eaton, and today I'm delighted to be able to introduce you to Tanya Rolf. Tanya is the founder of Sophia. Sophia is a very different investment fund. It's funded by women for female founders. The lovely Tanya, it is an absolute joy to see you today. And I was so excited to have you on the show, particularly with our time uh, difference at the moment with you being in Singapore. So thank you for being here. Um, I would love to actually hand over to you to explain exactly who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Um, and so I'm Tanya Rolf, and I'm one of the co-founders at Sophia. And we are a um, learning and uh, education platform for women um, on angel investing, sort of introduction startups, angel investing, um, venture capital. And really, we're trying to address the huge um, gender investing gap that exists between men and women. And... Um, how I got here um, was through, it was through myself. I, I mean, I'm one of three found, three co-founders, so we all have slightly different stories. But for me, I'm born and raised in the UK and uh, moved to Singapore about five years ago. And prior to moving to Singapore, I was working within the legal industry. And there was a huge difference between men and women and the seniorities and lots of women at the junior level and, and hardly any women in the senior positions. And so I came to Singapore and I had two small babies and I decided I didn't want to go back into law, but I had this fire in my belly around um, gender inequality within the workplace. And I started to invest into startups and quickly realized that women received such little venture capital funding for their businesses. And so I then put a gender lens onto my investment thesis and just focused on women-led companies. And particularly, I, I enjoy investing into companies that are built for women as well. Um, and started to invest into companies through an a, built an angel investment network here in Singapore and um, grew that organically into a venture capital fund and then realized just how difficult it is to raise capital for a VC fund, for a new VC fund with a thesis of investing into something that looks quite different to a traditional venture capital fund. Um, I am a woman fund manager, which is only 2.5% of those in the world. Um, investing into women founders and women founders receive about 2.5% of all venture capital dollars globally. So, um, so the gender lens was a obvious choice for me. And, but when I, I struggled with the fundraising, I turned my attention to, um, women because women hold a third of the world's wealth and, um, it's relatively untapped in terms of investment. Women are not big investors, big generalizing statement there, but women are not natural investors. And I wanted to tap into that. But what I recognized is that there was a knowledge gap. 
um, for many reasons. And so um, started to build a business, i.e. Sophia, around um, empowering and educating women on to take control of their finances, their, their financial health and well-being. Um, and that leads into investment. And then hopefully that leads into investing into women founders. So kind of a double-pronged approach to two problems that I see in the world. One being lack of venture capital funding for women. And then um, a lack of women investors and in taking control of their financial health. So, um, so here I am. So thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry, that was a really long introduction. Tanya, not at all. And I love the fact, as you know, that you've brought these two issues together. And that's something that is unique in the marketplace. I'm not seeing anyone do both. What trends have you seen this year when you look at both those pockets that we've just discussed? Interesting. Um, so it's it's a very unusual year for us, right? Um, for 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 Huti, um, the last two years have been exceptionally um, unusual, <laughs> extraordinary, and um, I think that there's been um, in terms of women investors, um, I think that there is more. I'm. I think there's more fire in the belly and more of an understanding of a need. Um, for women to mobilize their capital and direct it towards things that actually matter to them. And the reason I think that that's the case is that I think that global issues are much more at the fore than they were perhaps a few years back. Now, that ob- seems like an obvious statement because as we pro- evolve, you, we do get more and more alive to, say, climate change or um, uh, or any of the, you know, the, the big global issues that we face. But I think that women... Um, I think that COVID has really highlighted a lot of uh, gender inequalities because women were more um, affected by um, COVID losing their jobs at faster rates and um, just having to take a lot more of the child caring responsibilities or home responsibilities. And, and therefore, a lot of women's careers have suffered during this time. So I, so I think that and, and climate change, obviously, um, is, is a big thing. And I think COVID as well. I mean, where I am in Asia, there's huge big concern at the moment about the you know environmental impact of covid um in this region because we basically have put everything into plastic and i was swimming in the ocean a couple of weeks ago here in singapore and a mask a face mask you know came past me and it got me thinking yeah this is a big problem we've done everything we can to avoid covid and here we are with um big global you know um trash problems in our seas and what's that what's that doing to our fish etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think that women have um uh, acknowledged and are probably more alive than ever before mm-hmm. to needing to um do something about uh, what you know about these issues that they see in in the world and i think that if they're given those the right tools which is where we come in at sophia then i believe that they're in, they're then in a position to do something about it so that's one thing from the investor side of of things um and then on the founder side i mean the types of businesses that have been built in the last year and and probably going into 2022 um have has changed significantly um for, for me personally, I'm massively interested in female health, not least because I'm a woman, um, but um, 
it's just women are 51% of the population and i'm seeing huge amounts of a, you know a, a shift in see in, instead of you know traditional investors seeing it as you know something that's not important actually seeing probably the financial opportunity of investing into um women's health um but you know femtech and 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 um medtech as 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 a um sector definitely um, where it's where women's health is concerned is definitely at the fore of a lot of investments that I'm seeing um, at the moment, and where I see a lot of investors are are moving towards, and as well as climate change, a lot of impact investment. I've seen a massive change when it comes to impact investing. So when I started maybe five years ago, 2017 or 18, um, investing. Uh, you know, impact investing had a real stigma attached to it. It was very much around, you know, oh, you're not going to make any money, but, you know, you might save the planet for an extra five minutes, but you're not going to make any money. Um, and that has just changed drastically in the last five years. I mean, who knows if it's enough, right? I think the jury's out on that one, whether we're going to get our act together for this planet or not. Um, but, I see so many funds focusing on this, um, creating sub funds, um, spinning out, you know, smaller funds to, to support, um, the climate change, for example, is a big thing in this, in this region at the moment. Um, and, and so I think that impact investing as a whole is increased. Um, and for me, I've specifically noticed health, health tech and specifically female health, um, as a huge trend. And that's really interesting. You you mentioned there the the regional aspect of it, um, particularly where you are now in terms of the climate change element. Um, we're seeing it. We see it through the luxury of a television, right? We're not experiencing so much of that firsthand here. In do you see different trends in different regions? Um. That's really. I, I imagine the answer to that is yes. I um, I'm probably not the best person to answer that, just because I've really only focused on investing since I've been in Asia. What I can tell you is that um, I mean, and clearly, I have a lot of um, investor friends in Europe and the US, and and I can see we we deal share a lot, um, and I see a lot of um, so I can see what they're interested in, um, but. I, I think I think that by and large it's fairly similar. I think what will differ is um, the pace. So I think that we're somewhat behind in Asia um, in terms of our thinking, um, and I don't think that we're quite at the place that Europe is in, for example, when it comes to you know recycling. Um, you know, impact investing as a whole. Like I think that, you know, when I think specifically about my gender lens fund and some of the investors that institutional investors that I went to in Southeast Asia for investment, um, you know, it was just a stretch too far for them to get their head around that a fund specifically for women could work. Whereas I think that conversation in Europe, it would be very different, um, you know, this year when I, well, I was having those conversations. But, and, and equally speaking, I think maybe if I rolled the clock forward three years, that conversation would be quite easy in Asia. So I think, I think regions are just at slightly different paces. US and, and Europe are probably, you know, the leaders in many of the, um, 
you know, uh, probably pioneers for most of the sectors. And then we kind of play catch up a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When you see the different, I guess, forms of education and, and how people are educated and their train of thought behind um, women investing in, in women. And certainly from our perspective and, and in our region, it's something that feels to me is something that's flourishing within the communities that are maybe slightly more reserved, but you know that there's an opportunity for these in- investors to be able to also support founders and um, really make a difference. How are you able to to reach them or what can people be doing to help you to get that message across? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, Sam, is a million dollar question <laughs> because if I knew the answer to that, I would be all over it here in Asia. And I think that what I, I have learned in the last year is that it's really hard to to go in and do a, a huge sh- shift and these things take time. So even even Europe, which I think is probably, as I mentioned, I think it's at the fore of, let's talk specifically about gender equality. And I think they probably are on environmental issues as well, but specifically on, on gender equality. Um, you know, that didn't happen overnight. Um, and it's still got a long, long way to go. Um, but I think that in, in Asia, it's, it's very much, in my view, it's very much a, we will catch up slowly over time once we see it working in the West or in another region. Um, so I don't, I mean, I've tried many, many different tactics. Uh, I think that the, the most, um, the most compelling of stories is, um, or, or reasons to, to back women entrepreneurs is, is the financials. And I think that we, sometimes we forget that we talk about the, you know, we should be equal, equal access, equal opportunity. And, you know, we should do the right thing and be politically correct and X, Y, and Z. And yes, we should be all of those things, but let's not actually forget the financial opportunity of investing into women founders, for example. Um, and there's a myriad of data, you know, there's so much data out there that tells us that that actually just makes financial sense. And I think if you put that front and center of most things, uh, I think, you know, even the most old-fashioned traditional of investors is hard to to turn and shy away from. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tanya, I have a really big question for you. If you were marooned on an island and you had to take one thing with you, what would you take? Okay, I got it straight away. I got it. Um, Something to play music on. Fantastic. I love that. That is absolutely brilliant. Am I supposed to say a book or something intellectual? Yeah, I I, I get that too. Yeah, I, get I that probably too. should have said that. Yeah, and a book. Fantastic. Fantastic. And in terms of the future of Sophia and what you're most excited about, um, how do you see it in, in five years' time? Where would you like it to be? I'm so excited for this. Um, I, you know, I think that for me, Sophia is around bringing, you know, the heart of Sophia. And this sounds a bit corny, um, so forgive me. But 
at the heart of Sophia, we we have to build to make Sophia successful. It all has to rely or it all relies on a successful, thriving, communicative community of women. And I think that that's wholly possible because, you know, from working uh, with women specifically for the last five, six years is I see the need and the want to be surrounded by other women, women in the same position as you, women that look like you, women that can learn with you, women that can invest with you, whatever that is, women that are launching businesses at the same time as you, whatever that is, community and building that tribe around you is so important to women. And so I think for me, the the thing that will really make Sophia a success is if we are able to build that community and foster that environment where it's inclusive, it's communicative, and it's just, it's, it's always there and it's supportive and it's educational. Um, and it helps take someone from, I don't have any knowledge, um, of investing. I don't know where to start to actually, you know, I've got a hundred thousand dollars, pounds, whatever it is. Um, I'm going to start putting that to work and I'm going to support you know, businesses that are led by women that are building healthcare businesses or whatever that, you know, that particular interest is taking someone, you know, let's, we're going to start with one investor, one woman um, at a time and taking that one woman from, you know, zero to investing is going to be, you know, our absolute tantamount to our success, you know, it is going to show our success and that's what's going to make us um, successful. But I, I feel, I feel it in my bones that this is the right time and it's the right model. And I think that women really do want and need something like Sophia. And I think that it has really global, um, it ha- it's universal, you know, it's uh, as long as everyone's English speaking, it's a universal business, um, you know, and, and the, the things you're learning can be applied in whatever country you're in, um, English speaking. And I think that that um, is going to be I think it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Jenny, I'm also equally excited <laughs> and I just cannot wait to see how the company progresses, the difference it's going to make. Um, and I know you're a busy lady, so I want to thank you again for coming on today. It's always such a joy to see you. Um, and I will see you soon. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed chatting to you as always. Um, Definitely see you soon. I'll be in London very soon. Thank you for listening to Future Speak today. For more of our content, please do head over to our YouTube channel and watch and listen to some more of our content there.